When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, it's Dapper Dividends episode number 173 in the year of our Lord. How is it going? Hey, thanks for coming on back, y'all. And if this should happen to be your first time here, my name is Russ. I am the host. I will be Russ for the remainder of this right yeah podcast. And it is so very nice to meet you. We're going to have a little fun, a little bit of hijinks and some laughing. And some, I don't know what. People don't like it when I sing. Uh, I've had some people have some negative re- negative reactions. Not like an opioid overdose negative reaction. Which, by the way, did you see? Narcan is going to be an over-the-counter drug right now. That's right. You can, br- <laughs> you can bring your family members back from the dead now. Bring people back. Just keep it in your pocket. And when you're in downtown Kansas City and you pe- see people overdosing, just... Hit him with the Narcan. Why? Because when you can't, Narcan. Narcan. Over the counter at your closest convenience store, I would think. I wasn't going to start there. It just it just flew right out as I was about to say, in all seriousness, thank you for letting me come into your ear holes for just a little bit for this 30 some odd minutes here that we're together. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, we're going to talk about five things you should not do. As a dividend investor, and sh- I didn't want to yell sh- should not and blow out your eardrums, but you see the, I, I bolded it, I highlighted, or I, no, I all capsed it. I capsized it is what, is what I did. I don't think that's a word to describe that. But for those of you that don't like the singing, just the two of us, and it is just the two of us, unless you're somehow playing this for a room full of people, which you'd probably look be looked at as a weirdo. But hey, if that's what you want to do with your free time, I don't judge what kind of weird stuff you're into. That's between you and the people that are partaking in the weird stuff that you do as long as it's not against the law and it is with people that are over the age of 18. I say have at it and enjoy yourselves. But seriously, uh, if you are enjoying yourselves by using opioids and things of that nature... uh, the FDA approved Narcan, which is an over, an opioid overdose drug, again, for over-the-counter sales. And they say it's in response because more than 100,000 Americans died of a drug overdose last year. And it's a nasal spray. Just, just pop it right into your nasal spray and it's going to be uh, available late summer. So yeah, I don't remember where I heard that before. When you can't, Narcan. And we can bring our family members back from the dead. Interestingly, also, PepsiCo, they unveil... Oh, if you want to read about it, I'll drop the link in the description below. Um, I'll link to the word Narcan. I'll say, we talked about Narcan, and you can click on it. (laughs) But PepsiCo, uh, I tweeted this one out. Link also below in the show notes. They unveiled a new logo for their 125th anniversary uh, featuring the, they they got the name Pepsi real big right in the middle. And if you look closely, you'll see that 
Pepsi, it features the Pepsi name in the center of the circle and the color black to highlight its Pepsi Zero Sugar line. Dude, Ramon LaGuardia had said that non-sugar is king. They know it. It's crazy that a company that's famous for sugar water, but if you aren't familiar with PepsiCo, they are so much more than purveyors of fine sugar water. They have Frito-Lay, FLNA, as we call it in the biz, in the industry, FLNA, (laughs) Frito-Lay North America's, I think it was their biggest division. They do sell PepsiCo as a whole, as a consolidated company. They sell more snacks than they do beverages, more food than beverage, which is one of the reasons why I really like PepsiCo. They're just such a big juggernaut. I don't know how you would slow them down. Maybe someday they'll they'll break up. I don't know. But yeah, Cheetos, Doritos, Fritos, all the Eatos, you can get them all from PepsiCo, the PepsiCo Eto company. But I that that is the company I own 100 shares of, and uh, they're still up there, man. The 185-ish was their all-time high that are around 180 right now. But not buying anymore. I've said if they drop to the 150s, I would probably buy more. But honestly, with the dividend increases that they have, a 10% dividend increase, they're buying shares back. Although I wish they would buy shares back when it was just a little bit cheaper. Uh, to parlay that value into the current shareholders. Because if a company, as Warren Buffett says, if they're buying shares back, when the stock is way overvalued, then it's not a good thing for the shareholders that continue to hold. And it really benefits the people that sold the shares to the company. But then again, it makes me think on the flip side. Because say if we go back to, I don't know, 1994, PepsiCo, and somebody was like, I ran the numbers, I did my discounted cash flow analysis, and they are crazy overvalued here at whatever, $62. I I don't even know what it was, but now you fast forward now, and that looks like a steal. So I understand what they're saying, but you know, they're just a juggernaut. You're not going to be able to stop them. But I thought it was interesting the speaking of breaking up that was my it was supposed to be my sweet little buttery smooth segue yeah remember uh i can't believe it's not butter i I don't know what is that what was that stuff i should know but things just kind of flow and we just ramble on for a few minutes here but alibaba you know them you love them most people hate them because they're chinese but they are a ginormous company they're breaking themselves up into six businesses. Uh, I'm, I'm giving you the rundown. Yeah, they don't pay a dividend, but it's still interesting because, you know, someday they're talking about breaking up Google, but I don't, I don't know how that, I don't know what they're affecting. Like, what is Google dominating? That you, you don't pay them money. Like, it's your eyeballs. It's they're competing for your eyeballs, and they serve you up ads. Which, by the way. That's not really that bad. I mean, if you're looking for an Xbox game and then all of a sudden you start getting Xbox game ads, is that really that bad of a thing? And I mean, dude, we went through it. Well, at least I did with commercials when I was a kid, having to sit through commercials. So I don't really, I don't know. I know politicians love to attack uh, Google and Facebook uh, and and 
those companies and Amazon, but they're making our lives easier. And at least in the case of, of Google, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I think it's a, it's a little bit overblown. But anyway, so Alibaba, Alibaba and the Thousand Thieves is breaking up into six businesses. You got Taobao. <laughs> just, that's just awesome. I wish somebody would call me Taobao. You can do it. My name is now Russ Taobao. No, I told you I was going to be Russ. I will be. Taobao is an online shopping platform where individuals and small businesses can sell their products. And, you know, people say that Am- uh, Alibaba is the Amazon of China. Not really, because they're like, from what I've understood, and we're going to go through this, they are like the Amazon. They're like the PayPal. They're like the Netflix. They're like a, a Verizon. It's crazy. Uh, well, let's see if there's any truth to that. But we'll get through my list here. Taobao. Next is Tmall, which is an online retail marketplace that offers branded products to consumers in China. So I guess Taobao is kind of like, almost like, uh, not an eBay, but it's like a a little bit of an Amazon-ish type thing. Uh, Alibaba Cloud, like web services, right? Cloud computing company that offers uh, service to businesses, data storage, security, and analytics. The next segment will be digital media and entertainment, which is a business unit that includes Alibaba's digital media assets like video streaming platform, Youku, Y-O-U-K-U. I think I said that right. Uh, As well as uh, they have an entertainment-related business. And then they have Smart Logistics, which is a services-centered business that focuses on logistics and supply chain management, including the mapping company AMAP, that's clever. A-M-A-P. It's a mapping company. What should we call it, everybody? I got an idea. <laughs> yes, go go ahead. A-map. Dude, that's brilliant. I can't... I, anyway, A-map. And then the last business is E-L-E dot M-E. E-L-E-M-E. It's a food delivery service that allows customers to order food from restaurants and have it delivered to their doorstep. So there you go. They're kind of like a DoorDash. And again, yeah, just by dividing the company into the six separate entities, Alibaba and Lame. Oh, let's go, Tongue. Alibaba aims to unlock hidden value and reduce regulatory risks, allowing investors to choose their preferred business units. That was almost like the NPR, the NPR lunchtime hour. I'm Russ, and this is the <laughs> Midday Forum on NPR. By dividing the company into these six separate entities, God, it would just be, that would be horrible, dude. You, if you're driving and listening to this, that might be a liability, right? Anyway, let's move on to a little bit of Simply Safe Dividend News. <laughs> we did news. This is Simply Safe Dividend News. Now, not a, a ton of news. Some of these are are downgrades a lot, and I just wanted to pass them along to you really quickly. I do pay a pretty penny for Simply Safe, but here is the deal. Micron, ticker MU, they downgraded them from 80, which is safe, to 60 borderline safe because they say Micron's long-term outlook appears stable, but cyclical downturn could test dividend commitment, but they have a dividend yield of 0.73%. EVA, Inviva, which is a coal, Inviva, which is a coal and consumable fuel uh, company, 
Their higher borrowing costs for major growth projects put pressure on Enviva's dividend. They were downgraded from 50 borderline to 40 unsafe. They process wood fiber into pellets and sells them to European and Japanese utility and power generation. Nice. Gorman Rupp. Gorman Rupp's dividend likely to remain secure despite rising debt costs. They got a downgrade. Every Dude, it's like the, the dividend downgrade from Oprah. You get a downgrade and you get a downgrade. They were downgraded from 92 very safe to 80 safe. They're a 90-year-old manufacturer of pumps and pump systems. Their dividend yield is now 2.88%, which is way above their five-year average. Lincoln National, ticker LNC, the life and health insurance company, was downgraded from 60, which is borderline safe, to 40, unsafe. And they say that the banking sector turmoil hinders Lincoln's efforts to rebuild capital. If you want to take on risk, they have an 8.25% yield. And this will tie in with a few things that we're going to talk about. So just, you're going to get compensated for the more risk you take on, the higher yield you will get. But eh, if they go bankrupt and you didn't sell, then you're holding a worthless piece of paper. Congratulations. The mortgage REIT company, GPMT, well, that's their ticker. They have a 15.87. They're granite point. And they are, uh, I think they have, they have a lot of commercial mortgage REIT. Uh, that's what they are. The dividend yield, 15%. They uh, Mounting office credit risk clouds granite points outlook. Could have done that one better. Anyway, they're downgraded from 40 unsafe to 20 very unsafe. And it does look like they reduced that dividend 20% in December of 2022. So it looks like you might be getting hit with another, another dividend cut. A couple more here. Another office REIT, uh, OPI Office Properties, was downgraded from 40 unsafe to 20 very unsafe with a dividend yield of 18.61%. They, uh, ah, look at that. They have 11% of their rent is in Chicago. Office Properties, interesting, OPI. I would not invest, and I did sell um, Orion, which was the one I say that Realty Income shout out. Uh, Orion Office Property. They, I think they saw the writing on the wall. Just a refresher. Realty Income, I think it was the beginning of 2022. Realty Income and Verit were very similar companies. You know, Verit was like a little, like a mini-me Realty Income. And those two merged together. They came together in this holy union of matrimony. Yeah, they merged together, became one, and then they shat out all their office properties into ticker ONL. Orion Office Property REIT, and it just has done awful, and I sold it. I should have sold it the day I got it, but you know me. Uh, Brandywine, ticker BDN, was downgraded from 50 to 40 unsafe. They have a 16% yield because they say that banking woes complicate Brandywine's property sales needed to support the payout, so you might want to look into that if you're a Brandywine owner. A couple more. MPW, Medical Properties Trust, Dude, so I did a video on MPW, and I'll put a link to that in the description below as well. But it looks a little risky to me. Their dividend yield is 14.43%. They were downgraded to 40 unsafe because their dividend coverage further pressured by Australian asset sale and tighter financial conditions. 
they there's they've been selling property. They have tenants that are struggling. It's crazy. People that are bullish on MPW. I mean, dude, they uh, it looks to me like from what I can tell, I, I don't own a position. I tried to be impartial. It looks like they are funneling cash to their tenants. They're taking equity stakes in their tenants over a billion dollars in 2022 alone, which is like, I think, 32 percent of their market cap. Uh, at four and a half billion dollars, F- they just funnel that money. They have equity stakes in their tenants, and I think that just really muddies the water because the tenants who are struggling to pay rent. I don't remember if it was Prospect or Steward, but one of their top tenants has not paid any rent for January and February, but they took equity stakes in them, and it's just it's a mess. I don't like it. There's a lot of red flags, a lot of smoke. And if I, you know, I said it at the end of the video, if you're an investor, I think I just told you most of the video. If you're an investor, I hope you make money and I'll keep my toes, my eyes and my fingers crossed for you. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't invest in this. I, I, I could see a dividend cut coming, but you know, we'll see if it's 14% and they still cut it and we're still at eight, nine percent. That's still a pretty high yield. That's still pretty good. But it just looks like there's a lot of shenanigans going on with Medical Properties Trust. Dude, their their CEO sold, I don't know, 15, 16 million dollars of shares last year. Um, it's it's just it's a weird situation and it looks to me like they're selling property and then taking equity stakes in their tenants and the tenants how much of that? And that's my question because the tenants are private. So we can't look at their books. How much of that infusion is coming back to MPW in the form of rent that MPW is recognizing as rental income as revenue? I, I don't know, dude. It just, it's uh, it, it does look to me like some of the allegations of round tripping revenue are potentially true. And then the last one, my guy, Ryan Williams loves Kilroy. They were downgraded from 70 safe to borderline safe because uh, Kilroy Realty expects occupancy rates to drop to lowest level since 2010 amid their corporate downsizing. So look into them. Ryan, hey, I'm pulling for you, man. Hopefully they they stick it through. Uh, They have a 6.78% yield. And I guess the whole hubbub with them downgrading is that their occupancy rate is supposed to drop from almost 92% to the 86 to 88% range following notices from Amazon and DirecTV to vacate some properties this year when leases expire. So yeah, they have office space, but I think they have residential and my buddy Ryan Williams likes uh, Kilroy, talks about them quite a bit. So look into them. Hey, we made it through some news, everybody. Some people are like, hey, you blow, you blew out my ears, moron. Yeah, that's me. You know, we shouldn't say things like that. It's funny, I was talking to my wife and we were, oh, she spoke with somebody recently and said it was kind of draining. And I told her, you know what? I think Tony Robbins used the terminology battery charger. He said, get away from people that are battery drainers. But people that are battery chargers, you need to find them and be around them more. Just people that make you feel good, encourage you, and just say it's going to be all right. And if it's not all right, then it will eventually be all right. We'll figure it out. You can do it. Like, I believe in you. 
You know, you're a human being that learns and adapts and grows. And the trick is to keep learning. That's the, that's the trick for life. Just keep on learning. Uh, but if you're around people that are constantly like telling you about problems and everything's bad and horrible and catastrophizing, meaning that making everything look like a potential catastrophe, even if it's not, it's just, you know, just spend less time around people like that. Unless they're your children, it's kind of hard. You just can't. Uh, you just can't get your kids uh, out of the way, from what I've heard. Anyway, so, all right. Where are we at here in time, in timeland? 20 minutes-ish. I'm going to take a un pasa. Oh, I forgot the word. Sip of the agua. Meh. It's all right. Let's wet the whistle and sing a little bit. Who are the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood? It's Mr. Rogers. My daughter just peeked in on me because she thinks I'm a lunatic. But that's okay because lunatics are unique people. And we're, we're entertained by lunatics. Look at Jim Carrey. That dude has been putting a smile on my face since the early 90s. And I would say in a different time and place, he would probably be committed. He would have been committed early on. So thank God we have uh, we have lunatics. <laughs> they entertain us and they make us smile. But anyway, yeah, speaking of the people in your neighborhood, this Saturday morning I will be talking internationally with another fine, I don't know, I was going to say fine young cannibal. She drives me crazy. I don't know why that popped in my head. But I guess fine young woman, investor, 28 years young uh, Haley Ike from the UK. Uh, gonna have a chat with her, and I'll turn it into a podcast for next week and a YouTube video as well. Uh, I might put that one out earlier instead of Thursday. So we will see how things go with that. So stay on the lookout for that. Okay, now the the five things you should not do as a dividend growth investor. Here it is. Here's some of them I've I've got for you. Number one. Don't chase yield. This is like the one of the, the Ten Commandments of Dividend Investing as well, is just don't blindly chase high yields. We went over some high yields that probably are going to be cut. And not always, there's exceptions, but from my experience, I've seen the higher the yield, the higher the risk. And there's a reason that the yield is so stupidly super high. So always make sure you're looking at the business first, the business behind the yield. The business is the most important thing. I've been guilty of this when I was starting out just buying a high yield, not even knowing who the CEO was. And quite honestly, this is why I've been consolidating into companies that I have a much better understanding of. And I'm really, really thinking they're undervalued and liking the business. Like one of them, for example, Nextar Media, ticker NXST. I've really gotten to know that company quite well. And I've, I probably should buy more. Uh, it looks to me like they have an intrinsic value that's way north of $200, uh, like $30 of free cash flow per share right now, and they're growing. Fantastic CEO. Look at the management team. You look at the fundamentals of the business. I mean, there's just certain easy things that you can do, and you can say is like, how do they make money? Uh, how do, how are they going to – what is their plan for growth? Um, can you – 
see a, a reason that someone can do what they're doing better. Like, remember we talked about PepsiCo? If I gave you, or if you gave me a billion dollars, you know how hard that would be to com- create a competitor to PepsiCo or Coke or Procter & Gamble? Uh, it's just, you know, you look at the financial, just so many different things. All I'm going to say for that one is just don't buy a yield. <laughs> buy the business that happens to be paying the dividend. Okay, that's super, super important if you want to buy a company that's going to sustain their dividend over the long term. Next up, don't ignore diversification. Now, I know Peter Lynch talks about diversification, and that's just buying companies just to be diversified. Warren Buffett has said that they didn't have a plan for this. It's not like they sat down. Uno momento. I'm not going to cut this out. I want you to feel like you're here talking to me. I'm talking to you. (laughs) If you were talking to me, that'd be boring because the rest of us couldn't hear. But Warren Buffett has said it's not like they sat down and figured out what companies that they were going to buy and exactly how many they were going to have in this sector. And I've done that. I've looked at those breakdown, the pie charts of, you know, the dividend tracking software and whatnot, which, by the way, I share at DividendTracker.com right now. Uh, The links are below for that. But I've done that. I've said like, oh, no, I'm really underweight in the materials sector. I need to go out and buy a materials company. Not a good idea. You should just be buying the business. You know why? Because the good, solid businesses are going to keep being that. And the number that a lot of people use is like, I think 25 to 50 companies is what a lot of people say. But quite honestly, that could get to be quite a bit. And if you have the kind of time, cool. But if you don't, then honestly, there's no fault in buying SCHD, which is a hundred of the top, some of the top dividend paying companies or buying the VOO, just buy the top 500 businesses and you will do exactly average, which is what, like eight to 10% a year. I forget the number, but doing average on that and compounding that is phenomenal. And it's just you have some lunatics like me that spend an inordinate amount of time trying to learn and pinpoint these great businesses and get better at doing it. And then sharing some of that with you, like Nextstar Media. So that was it. Diversification, yeah, it going across different sectors and industries can help, but not eliminate. <laughs> eliminate? That's a combination of eliminate and mitigate. We're going to go ahead and eliminate risks. So yeah, risk will always be there. Nothing is risk-free. Even the bonds, which they call risk-free. Dude, the risk is inflation that you're going to, if you hold it to maturity, they're going to give you some yield and give you your money back, but it's going to be eroded by inflation and that money you get back will have lost purchasing power. So There's still a risk. You just don't know how many more. And then the next one, number three, kind of ties into what um, we were talking about. Don't overlook their dividend growth history. A lot of people just rush to buy the yield and look at that history. Seeking Alpha, you can, from almost every company, you can go into the summary page and look at the dividend history. You can look back, you know, five years, 10 years max, and see what they've been doing. Have they been cutting? 
don't worry about don't don't confuse splits because sometimes it'll look like spinoffs and like a cut. But uh, just look at the history. If they've been up and down and up and down and cutting, it's probably a chance that they're going to cut in the future. But again, with Munger, Charlie Munger said that companies with a lousy history and a bright future, they will miss every single time. And that's because they're firm believers that bad companies are usually going to continue being bad companies and some turn it around, but they're just not even going to bother with it. So look at the dividend growth history. And again, what do they say? Past performance is not indicative of future results or something like that. So just, yeah, I like looking for long history of dividend increases and that solid track record of financial performance. So always look at that. Number four, don't, don't, don't neglect the fundamental analysis. Uh, when you're in, when you invest, when you dividend invest, we're really investing in businesses, right? We're owning parts of those businesses. We're not just owning a ticker symbol that flutters about and happens to fart out a little bit of cash every now and then. No, you're seriously owning a partial, a small, there was a bunch of words I wanted to say there and they all damned up. You're owning a legitimate portion of that business. You're becoming a business owner. And I think a lot of people overlook that and don't really respect that. And that management team is there to guide your ownership of that company. And that's why they can be replaced if they're doing bad. So, yeah, you just want to look at the financial health. Again, that management team, the competitive position. Why do they? Why do they have that durable competitive advantage? Uh, it's funny. Jeff Bezos alluded to this and says that one day we will go file for bankruptcy. All businesses one day will file for bankruptcy. It's just the way of it. Some businesses, like Procter Gamble, you know, it's pushing two hundred years. I think so. It may not be immediate, but at some point, a business is going to be struggling. They'll be acquired or they're going to um, file for bankruptcy. You just It's like you're always staving that off. So look for the company that uh, has also good growth potential and that competitive, competitive advantage. And then the last one is one that we just went through now is don't panic during mar- market downturns. It's so, and I actually felt it too. When I was buying Aries Capital at 17 bucks, I was buying Prudential at 77. I was buying TD, Toronto Dominion Bank, some of the bank stocks. But, you know, that one felt a little bit more fearful because buying the big banks, I, I said, okay, I'm going to be okay here. But everybody, it, remember, it was just like, oh my God, the financial system's going to collapse. That's it. It's over. It's done. And, you had to take a step back and say like, okay, so why did Silicon Valley Bank fail? Oh, well, look at it. When you look at it, they failed because they put all of their money into assets that would do poorly, really poorly, if interest rate if interest rates went up and interest rates went up. So it's not all companies. You know, if, if that's why they say the hell to maturity bonds, if the company you're investing in can hold those, the banking, the financial, whatever company, if they can hold those to maturity and they don't during downturns have to cash them out for a loss, no problem. And every business is just, 
going to have their ups and downs. Just remember that kind of like, right? Like Phil Jackson, my famous Chicago Bulls head coach, watch that documentary, uh, The Last Dance. Dude, he always would say, we're not going to get too high. We're not going to get too low. We're going to want to keep that even keel. And I think that's important to to keeping that long-term perspective and remembering that this is a marathon we're running and there's going to be blips. When you see a, you know, quote unquote market crash, and then you pull back out and look over the span of like 10, 20 years, it's a blip. It's a tiny little dip and then it goes back up. So, you know, it depends. If you have all your eggs in one basket, then you might want to be worried but if you got a little bit, you know, good good diversification. Um, personally, what I'm trying to do is I want to have a nice foundation with the the IRA retirement funds that I have to pick. There's a couple Vanguard funds, and then stuff like SCHD. I want that nice base layer for me spinning off. And then I, now I'm starting to learn and branch out into those companies like Nextstar Media and. There's a lot of them out there. Uh, Toronto Dominion Bank, Aries Capital, Main Street Capital, Realty Income. I bought more Realty Income this week. Uh, I think three more shares because it was just below my my average. And I think they're going to be fine. I think Realty Income, strong company. And I think a lot of this is lumping them in. And this is where, dude, so many great opportunities can come about is when a sector is dragged down by a few rotten apples and you can find some really good deals when everybody's like, what? It's in the financial sector? Sell it. Get rid of it. And that's what I'm hoping for, is to uh, impart that wisdom on you of not panicking during market downturns because they're going to happen. And there have been really, really great fortunes that have been created in market downturns. So that's where we're at, everybody. We made it. Thank you for... Uh, stopping by. I'm going to have that interview for you next week. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it should be pretty good. She seems like she has a really good head on her shoulders and some interesting things I'm sure will be said everybody. Well, thank you once again for letting me come in your ear holes for that tiny little 30 minutes that we were together. I really do enjoy. I look forward to this, you know, just Speaking a little bit, rapid firing at you. I hope it's entertaining. I am going to look to have at least one chat a month, even if it's with the same recurring people every now and then. You, you know, it's okay. You'll get to know them. Like my guys Harris or Ryan, they're always up and up and down for doing. <laughs> How can they be up and down? I don't know because they're flexible, and I think it makes it more interesting. And like I said, I'll have the Haley Ike interview for you next week maybe maybe a couple days early on that so hey thank you again for letting uh letting me rap at you and i will talk to you we will talk to you Haley and i in the next podcast episode so long everybody (laughs) 